and welcome to Parkinson's Pathway Pals, Tuesdays with Teresa. I'm Teresa Jackson, your podcast host. Today, my guest is Tom Ertz. After graduating from St. Josh Fisher College in Rochester, New York, and subsequently earning a master's degree in communication from Syracuse University, Tom Ertz had a successful marketing career spanning 30 plus years before he retired due to a Parkinson's diagnosis in 2008. Tom underwent deep brain stimulation surgery in 2012 and then retired on disability in 2014. Prior to his diagnosis, Tom worked for highly reputable organizations such as the United Way in DC and later New Haven, Connecticut, Yale New Haven Hospital, Centra Health in Lynchburg, and finally Valley Health in Winchester, Virginia. Tom's speech has been affected by Parkinson's and there may be times during this interview when I repeat what Tom says for the listening audience. Welcome, Tom. Well, thank you, Teresa. So Tom, I know that you continued to work for about six years after your diagnosis. Tell me how challenging that was. Well, it's challenging only that over time it's a regressive disease, a progressive disease and I didn't do so well. But you know, at first it was fine. I, I could do everything I wanted to do, but I, it was stiff. And over time, you know, I realized that I needed to take, take a big step. Right? This like the deep brain stimulation. So um, I know that you know you, when you retired, obviously you had to share the news with your employer. How how did you share with them? How did that go? Well, they were excellent. First, when I first I, I did I held back from them. I didn't want them to know because I was afraid they were going to just kill me. Sure. That wasn't it. Then after that, um, I slowly talked to some people. I don't know about it. And then I realized everybody knew what I had. And so I finally, somebody from HR just said, you know, Tom, you ought to retire. You ought to say about the disability right now. Once they said that, that was a green light for me. And told them, and everybody was very supportive. And yeah. the president of the hospital was very good to me. And uh, I'm, I'm, it was after I did the DVS surgery. So it was two years after that that I retired. So. They, they saw I was trying hard. Yeah, that's that's wonderful that they um, treated you like that. Not everyone has that experience, and it sounds like mm-hmm. maybe your uh, some of your symptoms preceded preceded yeah. your announcement. Yep, yeah, and, and what happened was I fell down once at work, and when I was uh, that, I was afraid of knocking into a patient or something like that. Right. I, I couldn't. I couldn't be the cause of you know something hurt. So everybody agreed with me. So speaking of falling down, I know that you shared with me that you've fallen down more than 5,000 times in the past three years. I want to know, how have you managed to keep from hurting yourself with that many falls? Uh, I guess probably, probably luck, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that I know how to fall. There's, you know, a great basketball book by Bill Bradley, and a sense of where you are, a sense of where you are. You know, you have to, when you're walking, you have to know where it's around you, so don't fall into something and knock yourself out. But uh, I had broken a rib a couple of times, but that, those, those were minor compared to possible, possible other side outcomes. I don't know, it's just, um, I don't know why, that's my, that's, that's my you know, this is an interesting disease. Everybody says something different. Snowflake disease, right? Yeah. So, so my disease, you know, it manifests itself a lot by falling down. And it's like, I lose my balance, boom, I go down. So I just, uh, I, 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 I blast a couple of times, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. 
Well, you have incredible forearms. I know you personally <laughs> through, through Rocksteady, and we'll talk about that in a few mm -hmm. minutes, but um, I'm sure your forearms help with that. Oh, yeah, I also too. know, Tom, from, from knowing you that, that you love to play golf. Tell me how your game has been or how your diagnosis has impacted your game. Well, when I first retired, very first thing I did was go out to the golf course and play. Very first day out, and it was a nice... My, my, well, I used to be able to shoot high 80s, low 90s all the time. Now I shoot about 110 or 105. So it's uh, probably kind of a stroke of hole. And it's usually... But you know, when I hit over the ball, I can swing well. I have to hit over the ball, though, first, because it's really... I put I, I play a lot of balls with you. Yes. And uh, we had a very good time. And then uh, you and your husband and your son... When I hit over the ball, I can take a good swing. I have to get over the ball first. Right. Yeah. It's exhausting to make but so a lot of times I go by myself. A lot of times I go by myself because I can play as slow as I want to play. And I know. You know, maybe maybe I can stay ahead of a threesome. But I know that you have a special relationship with one of your golf buddies. Um, you were featured last year on WJL TV Channel 7 DC. And, um, you know, I, I would, if you don't mind, I'd like for you to talk about why you decided to share your story publicly, but also touch on that relationship with your friend. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was playing golf and I was playing by myself. And there were a couple of, a couple of other players that I ended up catching up to when I was going to join us. So I so joined him and uh, put, put the back nine holes with him. And when they had done that, they, unbeknownst um, to me, they, they talked to this guy, a producer at WJLA in DC, who one of them was friends with. And he talked to him and he said, Hey, there's a guy who fell down about 20 times, you know, fell down about five times, but he uh, hit the ball pretty well. He's the golfer, but yeah, he was trying to check him out. So he called the he called Blue Ridge Shadows the golf course in Front Royal, and and talked to the pro there. And, or so the golf man journey said, "Hey, let's do the story." So he asked me about it. And I said, "Yeah, I'll do the story." I'm happy to talk about my Parkinson's disease because every time I meet anybody, I say, you know, "If I look like I'm stumbling around my hand, I say, hey, I, I fall down all the time. I have Parkinson's. I don't know that." So um, the, the producer heard about the story. He talked to me. He came out to do it and. Um, I'm going to do with somebody that was a friend of mine. A buddy of mine, Joe McGuire in Washington, D.C. He's uh, been a friend of mine since college, professional college. And uh, we started playing golf after we graduated from college, uh, senior year in college. And uh, that was back in, back in 72, I guess. It was about 50, about 50 years now. Uh, 50 yeah. years friendship. That's really incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's really, he's, he's a great guy. Now, now that I don't drive you, I'm up here. But, but we, we did the show. And, you know, and so he, he ended up um, putting us into it. Oh, wow. He, he did the story. He did, did the story. And they won an Emmy. He won an Emmy from your story. That's incredible, Tom. For the 19th National, National Capital of Sesame Bay Regional Emmy Awards. Outstanding Sports New Single Story News Section. The Golfers by Jay Korf. Jay, Jay, Jay was very good, guys. He came to visit me last week, about last month. Brought this trophy down to me. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, I know that when we share our stories, whether it's your story or my story or other people that I interview, I know that it inspires people. And I see you have on your golf shirt from the yes, time that we played good. in together. Yeah. And, you know, my son had not met you before. And I told him ahead of time, now Tom falls down. And when he does, don't run over to help him out. He'll let you know if he needs help. Otherwise, go on about your business and Tom will take care of Tom. And there was a time when you fell down in putting and Lincoln, our, my son, walked right by you. And he said, there was a guy that looked at him like, you, you're just going to let this gentleman lay there. And then, of course, you popped right back up because you always do. And uh, so it was just, it was just interesting how people perceive that. But I know that your your story is inspiring to people, and I'm so glad that you're here to talk about it today. So you and I have known each other for about two years, and you have one of the best attitudes and outlooks on Parkinson's that I know. Regardless of the fact that you fall down five thousand times, you get up five thousand and one. And tell me, where does that get up? Get up again, not just get up, but get up again and again and again. Where does that get up again attitude come from, Tom? I don't know. Maybe it was brought up, but uh, you know, I just feel like I want to be out there. It feels so good to be out in the fresh air and doing something that I can do. And uh, when I fall down, I say, "Hey, can I, hey, get up?" You know, you know, if I, I can't lie on the golf course and die, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I haven't hurt myself so bad, so I don't know if I'm going to die. And uh, maybe, maybe if I hit my lightning or have a heart attack out there, but no. Yeah. Uh, just just something inside, I guess. I want to be successful. I want to succeed. I want to do really well. And, and you do. And I want to just, you know, this disease is, this disease isn't everything yet. Because it'll, it'll, it'll keep eating me up, but, you know, right now, well enough to play, so I play. Played last week, nine holes. We uh, eighteen holes. I played. Yeah, I played this week. I played this week too. Um, I don't know where he gets comes from. Where does that come from? Well, I I think I, I want you to know how inspired I have always been by your story, and I think that. It speaks volumes to people that no matter what our our Parkinson's looks like, and it looks different for every single person, but no matter what it looks like, we still have a life that's worth living. And we still are who we were yes. before the neurologist said, sir, you have Parkinson's. Yes. And your story just, Tom, it just inspires me. Well, that's, I appreciate that. Uh, is, um. And I go to the gym. Uh, one, one thing is one thing that got me, me going, keeping me going stronger. And a linker, a linker is a beautiful machine. And a bicycle. Yeah, I'm going to talk about your bicycle. I know that you made a decision last year to stop driving, and giving up driving can certainly impact anyone's independence. So tell our listeners why you made that decision and how you've dealt with that loss of independence. Oh, well, I made a decision. I, I, I crashed into another one's car. It was just a suspender bender, but I got out, you know, and the cop, when the cop came to check it out, I fell down the place, walking around talking to him. Once I fell down a couple of times, he said, hey, you can't drive anymore. Yeah. So, so, so I did take my license away. That was okay, though. And I started walking every place I wanted to go because I, I was close enough to the grocery store that I could walk in. 
So I walked, I walked in and I fell down. One time a cop came by, I said, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, you see my driver's license. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to live, so I had to start. And, uh, but, uh, but then my brother-in-law saw a story by Mo Rocca. He's a, um, he's a pretty famous, he's on public radio. And he, so what uh, was he, his name, say again? Mo, Mo Rocca. Mo Rocca. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's on, wait, 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 don't tell me sometimes, on Saturday afternoon. He's a, he's a reporter for CBS. Reporter for CBS. He had a piece on this A-linker. A-linker, it's a, it's a bicycle. Uh-huh. Bicycle. Yours is but, yellow. You know, yeah, bright yellow. Yes. And you coast downhill, walking uphill, you got to you, you Fred Flintstone route. You know, Fred Flintstone or Barney Rubble, you got to walk it. <laughs> Fred Flintstone or Bonnie Rubble. So it's, um. it's, it's the two front wheels that are big, a small, back, small rear wheel. So that way, the tricycle is very stable. So that would be it sounds almost backwards from a tricycle, though. If the, you yes. said the two, the, yeah, the two wheels are yes. in the front, in the so it's like a rudder yeah. with one wheel in the back. Got it. Yeah. How how is purchasing that bicycle increased your independence? Oh, well, yes, you know, well, I, I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm all the way from the hospital from the wellness center, uh -huh. and, I, and I go there three days a week. And so I just got my alien can go over there and come home with it. And it is it's a little work. But you know, it was hard work, but that makes you feel better. One thing I one of the problem I have with, with Parkinson's my diaphragm doesn't seem to work as well. I don't breathe as well. Yeah. And so sometimes working out really hard forces me to breathe. Just so I mean it's something like that. But um but the alien can so, so that is let me go in there. The other direction I go to the grocery store. Martin is about eight miles away, about eight tenths of a mile away. The round trip's about almost two miles and a half. And that's, um, I can't get away. It takes me about 10 minutes to get there and 15 minutes to get back. So it's just really allowed you to remain independent on yeah. some level and not so dependent yeah. on everyone for for daily living activities such as yeah. buying your groceries or going to work out. Yeah, if I want to do something exciting, I can just go off and make some excitement. I, work. I haven't seen another person using one of these things though. I have not seen anyone either other than you. So we met in Rocksteady. I've seen your bike. It's really kind yeah. of fancy. Um, tell me, you know, we met in Rocksteady. We, we boxed together. Um, tell me how exercise has impacted your disease. You're getting exercise now, obviously, from your bike since you're no longer driving, yeah. but also with Rocksteady. So tell me how exercise has impacted your disease. Oh, it's been fabulous. I mean, it's so it's slow up the progress, I think, for sure. It's also protected me a lot of times because I'm, I'm much more supple. And I feel, you know, one thing is, I mean, I always feel pretty loose when the doctors look at me. You know, I'll tighten, and that's, that's unfortunate on that level. So when I fall, I can roll with it. And, and but it just feeling stronger, you know, because I, I probably lost about 30 pounds. Last uh, last five years, just as you know, I'm not as don't use my I don't grow the calories off, I guess. But it's uh, you know, it's uh, it has been very important to me. It helps out with strength, it helps out with timing, and, and I also um, I like music a lot. Music really means a lot to me, yes. You but always I, have our music in rock steady, well, yeah. I, I try to do that, I try to come up with different stuff for people. But it means a lot to me too. Just listen to it, and it helps me move. 
and it's uh, keep your mind supple. That's important to keep your mind supple if you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is and, important. Uh, it's funny with the support system. My wife, is, my wife is doing great with me on this. And here's Yogi, your dog. Yogi's a great dog. So is that your dog? Yes, yeah, so Yogi. Yogi, your dog. So you talked about keeping your brain supple, and I know that you had DBS or deep brain stimulation surgery, and you shared with me that it has impacted your speech, which I mentioned at the beginning of our um, interview time together. If you had it to do all over and you knew then what you know now with it impacting your speech, would you do deep brain surgery again? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That ended really young, too. The other people said, well, let's wait, wait, wait till you get a little sicker, you know, before you have the surgery, because it's, you know, I said, when I had diagnosed, my daughter was, um, it's just, it's only high school, it's just in high school. I want to be there for her, you know, high right. school and college and all that sort of stuff. And so I said, well, let's, let's do this. They, they, they had some, exam some examples of looking at DVS. And they said, you know, 10 years out, you're probably about where you were before you had the surgery. Yeah, yeah, the trade-off mentally. Yeah. And oh, they, yeah. yeah. And they can't, they can't, uh, they can't explain. They can't promise anything with anybody. But I had a big cramp in my leg that we get in the morning, and it was really painful. The day I had the surgery, I haven't had a cramp since then. You haven't had any cramps. No, no, I haven't had any cramps in my legs. Yeah, to. I have cramps in my legs pretty severely sometimes so so it sounds yeah. like if I'm if I'm doing the math correctly it sounds like you had DBS about four years into your diagnosis is that correct yes so that by some standards might be considered early do you feel like you had progressed quite a bit or was it just more of like a it's not preventative but like that you know trying to stop that train a little sooner yep I was yeah. We never, never, never want to get, get developed. You know, drugs get come, come on the scene. Uh, and I was game for trying something new. Mm -hmm. I went up to Dr. Uh, Dr. Elias at UVA. He did a great job. We'll did a great job. And it's, um, and I, I was also in a clinical trial, a medical clinical trial with some, uh, they took a drug in there and tried everybody. I, I was in the drug trial for two years. And it didn't turn out to be a success. It didn't turn out to be a big failure, but it wasn't a big success. So I didn't feel like I wasted time, but it was good to participate in that. You know, yeah, I had a, what else? Uh, DBS was, no, I would do DBS in a second. It was the best thing I did. So DBS was the best thing you did? Yeah, mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. great. So. Yeah, Tom, I'm, I'm so appreciative that you have shared your story and your heart and let people peek into the life of someone that is living and thriving with Parkinson's, even though it may look different for one person to the next. Uh, you certainly are inspiring. I'd like to leave just the last question. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today that you feel like would be important for them to know? Well, don't, 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 be, don't be embarrassed by the disease, you know? And I'm, I'm proud to tell anybody that, excuse me, when I fall down, hey, I do this all the time. I've got Parkinson's disease. This helped me keep me up. You know, this bike does or whatever else I'm riding with. And, you know, it's, um, it's what I got. And I'm going to tell, of course, every once in a while, people come to me. 
And it's now everybody knows that I'm the Falls Downloads. I'm not a part of this disease. So they've been very good to me. And uh, but they all say, hey, I, you're, you inspire me. And I, I just said, I have to come up with a cure. That's all. Well, Tom, I think that's sage advice. Don't be embarrassed by your disease. You can't help it. It is what it is. Just embrace it. And like I said early on, we still have a life worth living and we need to engage with our family and with others, even if sometimes people don't really understand what's going on. As an example, I met somebody, I was with somebody the other day, his name is Lou and he probably knows him. And he, uh, you know, I said, let me get you one of these, one of these, Linker bikes, you got a pouch in front, you put a camera in there, you can take pictures. You know, if, something, if you can do something, something that, that could enhance your life, this is a tool that might be able to help enhance your life. But look, look for the tools out there that you can use because it's, uh, uh, it's like, it make you make you feel a lot better. Yeah. Well, when we share our stories, we do enhance others' lives. I'm convinced of that. And we inspire and we encourage people to keep moving. So, Tom, thank you for sharing your story today with our listeners. And thank you for listening today. See you Tuesday.